Is this the first Travis Scott song I played? I, I know I mentioned in one episode that Travis Scott is my favorite rapper. I said Usher is my favorite all-time artist. Uh, this has to be the first Travis Scott song I've played so far, right? Right? Anyway, man. How y'all doing, bro? It's your boy KJ. And it's another episode of KJ's Corner. You know, it's so funny. Like I said last time, uh, there, I always like tend to think about stuff after I do it or after it's been done or said. Or like, oh, I could have said that better. Or I could have done that better. Or I could have had this in place of that, blah, blah. Like, I always do that. And I was thinking of... Uh, this time I was thinking of the the title of my podcast. I was like, "Dang, KJ's crossover would have sound good." Like some 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 names I could have thrown out there. You know, KJ's crossover. Uh, let me see. Uh, there was what KJ's KJ uh, cardiac KJ. Uh, a little you know paying homage to one of my favorite point guards, or actually my favorite point guard in the NBA, Kemba Walker, and that vicious. Game-winning step back he hit over the Pittsburgh center. Uh, that's how you know it was disrespectful because nobody to this day knows that guy's name uh, except for probably the players on Pitt and maybe Kimball Walker. Uh, but Cardiac KJ would have been the podcast or something like that. It all would have been with a K and stuff. But I'm okay with KJ's corner. It's okay. I'm okay with that. But in any case, man, welcome back. It's your boy. You already know what it is. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, every single episode is going to be different, like, in regards to the opening. I'm not going to have the same song playing. It's going to be a different song. And maybe it'll be, it'll be a different artist. So I'm going to do a, a different artist every single time as well. I don't want it to be the same artist each time. That's why I was wondering, have I done a Travis Scott song? And I don't think I have, but I did do a Travis Scott feature. I know uh, Solitaire um, by Future and Travis Scott. That's a Travis Scott feature, so I guess that doesn't really count. So this was a Travis Scott original. This was his song, "Sweet Sweet," one of my favorite Travis Scott uh, tracks, man. Favorite favorite rapper, man. Anything Travis Scott's put out, or everything anything Travis Scott put out, I can't even speak. It's like a tongue twister with his name. Everything that Travis Scott puts out, there we go. I will listen to it. That is my thing. But anyway. In today's episode, man, first of all, I appreciate you guys for listening again. If you have subscribed and are listening, um, I appreciate any feedback, any uh, anything I can do better, man. Just, just just tell me what I need to do or what I need to improve on. I love it. I love all that stuff. I want to be critiqued. Uh, it's, it's in my nature. <clears throat> um, I like, I mean, I've been playing basketball my whole life and I've, I've always had a tough coach. I never had a coach that just was lax and was like, oh, do what you do. Um, you know, I've always had a coach that, you know, wanted me to be me. Uh, just in some cases, not not every not every single time I play basketball, but majority of my basketball career, I've always had a coach that would let me be me, but, you know, made sure that one, I was playing in a system, uh, I was playing his system while playing my game, but uh, also critiqued me if I, or if I could improve on something. And, and if there's anything uh, I need to improve on, I know definitely for sure I need to I need to cut out the ums 
I'd be listening to, you know, First Take and and um, uh, man, I can't. I'm over here blanking on shows. All the ESPN shows with the with the with the professional analysts and stuff like that. I'd be listening to them and and some couple a couple of uh, their podcasts and stuff. And you know, ever hear them saying um or everything? You know, they got their cadences and everything down. They be speaking. They be speaking, having no issues. I just speak too fast, and I, I sometimes just have a, I don't, have, I don't have a clear head. My like my head just is my my mind is just going, it's just racing. So, if there's anything I need to I need to work on feedback, just hit me up with that, man. Please, I appreciate it. But again, I appreciate you guys listening again to another episode of KJ's Corner, iTunes certified on SoundCloud as well. So if you want to go on SoundCloud, you ain't got no iTunes or Apple. A lot of people that I know, a lot of older people that I know don't really have it. Uh, so if you want to just go on SoundCloud, you can do that too. Um, I'm going to work on trying to put it on Spotify. I don't really know how to do that. But, you know, like I said in the last episode, I can find uh, the, tu- the tutorial or whatever. I found the one how to put it on iTunes so I can find the one to put it on Spotify. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that'll probably be the easier way too, Spotify and everything. Because iTunes, well, after you get the first one, because they literally review it, your your podcast and everything, or your music and stuff, after you get it validated and stuff, uh, the next couple ones you put on, uh, go on there instantly. So, I'm cool with iTunes for right now. But anyway, some news around the sports world. That's what you guys came out here for. You came out here to listen to some sports stuff, not listen to me ramble and talk. You wanted to hear some sports stuff, so I got y'all. Some news around the sports world. Um, so I mentioned last time, you know, Trevor Reese is not going to participate in the in the upcoming NBA restart. Nor is David Bertans of the Washington Wizards. Um, the Kings signed Corey Brewer. The Kings are in the playoff uh, hunt, or going to be in the twenty-two team format. So they're there. Um, the Nets signed Tyler Johnson, the former. Miami Heat guard and former Phoenix Suns guard um, who got that big contract with the Heat a couple years ago. It was like four years, something. He he, he got banked, uh, former Fresno State guard. Um, Vince Carter retires. The big news today, um, big Vince. Vince Sanity, half man, half amazing. The, shoot, probably might be the all-time greatest dunker in NBA history has called it quits, which we kind of we saw it coming. We saw it coming. The Hawks didn't didn't uh, qualify for the twenty two team format um, coming up. Uh, Trey Young have, was having a great season, uh, but the Hawks themselves just uh, they weren't. They didn't they didn't uh, they didn't uh, take that leap that we expected to have them take. I mean Trey did, but um, he can only do so much. Uh, but yeah, Vince Carter. He's done for. He called it quits this morning on, on a on a podcast. Um, just looking up his stats real quick. He's it's it's no question. He's a hall. He's he's the first Bella Hall of Famer. That is no question. Um, so with his career, I mean, I like him. He's he's my he's he's my all time favorite player's cousin. Shout out T Mac. <laughs> um, but yeah, Vince calls it a career. You know, look it up. He's 43, man. He was over here playing basketball at the highest level at 42 years old. 
Still saw him throwing dunks down. Uh, he was more of a catch and shoot guy, and and a, and a locker room solid locker room presence uh, these past couple of seasons. But yeah, he's done for the fifth overall pick back in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, selected to Golden State, where was traded to Toronto, was where we know him from, where he got his name from, the Toronto Raptors. His six seasons there, being a beast, uh, eight time All Star from two thousand to 2007 um, was a one-time no a two-time all-nba selection Uh, he was a second teamer in 01 and a third teamer in 2000 his first uh, his first uh, all-star appearance he was the rookie of the year in 1999 uh, made an all-rookie first team was a slam dunk contest champion in the most iconic slam dunk contest Uh, i mean what Aaron Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine's dunk contest is definitely up there now. Uh, I think uh, Mike versus Spud, uh, one of Michael's contests is up there for sure. Um, this this last one, Aaron Gordon and Derrick Jones, it went back and forth for sure. Uh, Aaron Gordon got cheated again. We all know this. There's no question about it. Aaron Gordon got cheated. Um, the whole crowd knew it. The judges knew it. Dwayne Wade's meme face that's been circulating, <laughs> circulating all over the internet. He knew it. Uh, Ag got robbed, man. Two years, two years. That that Zach Levine one, um, when he when he rocked the Space Jam jersey, that that could have been both ways. I'm I wasn't mad that Zach Levine won because he did some crazy half court through the legs behind the back. Look at me, half court. That'd have been crazy. Um, some free throw line through the leg behind the back, uh, around the world. He 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 did everything from the free throw line. Aaron Gordon literally sat on a mascot's head, put it under his legs, and then dunked it. That was crazy. Um, I mean the the the, the gimmick, the whole uh, the spinning mascot on the on the on the hover hoverboard. And then Aaron Gordon timed it perfectly, then hit a one-handed windmill, or one-handed 360. Uh, it was crazy. That was a really crazy game. I remember when I was watching that, I was actually at a, at a girls' basketball game at the uh, at the school I went to, Simpson. I was watching the girls play. Um, and during their game, uh, was the, it was a Saturday. It was all-star dunk contest, and I was watching it on my phone. And I was over there jumping in the stands, like freaking out, like what the heck, what's going on? And people were like looking at me, paying attention to the game, um, but also like looking at what I was looking at on my phone. And I was just like, I was losing it. Aaron Gordon was over here going dunk for dunk with Zach Levine, and it was crazy. Uh, excuse me, it was super crazy. Uh, so that one is all time a top one. But we we all know Vince Carter's dunk the the. 360 windmill that will that is iconic that is legendary um we all know Vince Carter was the greatest I think uh the greatest dunker in NBA history I'm gonna put it out there I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it greatest dunker in NBA history in game uh creativity whatever you want man bounce I mean the the man jumped over cleared a seven footer I don't even think he was seven. I think he was like seven foot and up, seven foot one or whatever. But he cleared him in the in the U uh, FIBA in the FIBA game. So it was the man is ridiculous. The most bounce I've ever seen 
Um, Vince Carter was up there. But uh, career statistics, I mean, average 16 points, four rebounds, three assists. You know, that, that, that kind of declined in the latter years of his career. Um, mainly with, you know, the Magic, the Suns, uh, the, the Mavericks. And then it kind of just slowed down after that. You know, his, his, his play in minutes, Memphis, Sacramento, Atlanta. He wasn't really a factor in the, uh, on those teams, but yeah, he he's a for sure Hall of Famer, um, no question about it. I mean, before that, he was a high school phenom and had a very good career at at North Carolina. Went to a Final Four with them, <clears throat> um, two times actually went to the Final Four with them. So, um, by far, easily, no question, first ballot Hall of Famer Vince Carter. Uh, so he's done. He's retired. He's out of here. Salutations, Vince. Man, I appreciate the years you've given us. Uh, you were one of the best players to come into this league, and I appreciate all that you've done um, to revolutionize the game of basketball. Um, the other thing, or the 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 topic I want to get to, uh, since we're on, you know, basketball and everything, and since this is pretty much gonna be some. Some basketball, but I'm bringing some other topics. I'm gonna talk about some of the sports, man. I'm not gonna just uh, lean heavily on basketball. I'm, I, I want to be an all-around, you know, sports analyst. I'm gonna talk about some of the NFL and and baseball and maybe some MLS. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant is now part owner of a Philadelphia um, soccer team or the Philadelphia um, MLS team. So that's pretty cool. Really good, right there. Black owner um, revolutionizing the the game right there, KD. That's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember last episode I was talking about it, how uh, this whole thing in Orlando, this whole NBA restarting in Orlando. You know, there's there's gonna be games, there's gonna be basketball. We're gonna have a playoffs and everything. We're not gonna have fans though. Um, and it's always, you know, as 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 a viewer, um, watching it in my living room at home, chilling, you know. I, what I enjoy the most, I mean, what, I think what everybody enjoys the most, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I I would think that what how everybody feels when they watch sports is, you know, when a big play is made or like a big iconic play is made, um, especially if it's like the home crowd or whatever, um, in this instance, it's going to be more so kind of like the, the NCAA tournament where it's um, typically in one spot um, or all regions or the, the four regions or whatever are typically all in one respective spot. Um, and regardless of like who's in the crowd or who's playing, um, the crowd is always different in that aspect. Uh, so both teams away, home home team, away team, whenever they make a big play, it's like the crowd goes crazy. Um, usually in the NBA, you know, when, when or in like a regular um, home away setting, uh, not a neutral site in the in a regular home and away setting. Uh, you got the you got the home team if they make a big play, a huge play, the the crowd goes crazy, um, and and it's and it gives you chills. Like it's it, it's it's enjoyable. It's fun to watch, and that's the thing that I I think I I know I'm gonna miss is is you know players hitting the game winner, getting the big block, uh, getting a a crazy dunk. Um, all that stuff, all, all those big plays and everything, hitting the big shot, uh, that, you know, the crowd's reaction is, is like what I think not only just gives me chills, but, you know, pumps up 
the the team itself, the home team, maybe even the away team. You know, they 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 do pander to the fans. You know, when they're playing, if if it wasn't for the fans, I mean, we they wouldn't be, you know, where they're at right now. Uh, the NBA wouldn't be funded the way it is if it weren't for, um, you know, the consumerism and the fans, you know, buying into it and everything. Um, but as a basketball player myself, like even, you know, when you, when you, when you do it, when you make a big play and everything and you got the, the crowd going crazy after it, you're excited, you're pumped. You're, those endorphins and that adrenaline is just, is just going and rushing and everything. And so that aspect of the game is not going to be there uh, with this upcoming uh, restart of the NBA. And it's going to feel really weird. And what I was getting to is what I, what I talked about it last time is uh, uh, I think, you know, Mike Breen, who uh, I admire as, as a sports analyst, um, you know, Mark Jackson, uh, uh, Mike Harlan, or um, is, is, is it Mike Harlan? Or no, Kevin Harlan, excuse me, Kevin Harlan, um, Mark Jackson, I think I said already, uh, uh, my, one of my favorite NBA coaches, um, um, Jeff Van Gundy. Really good analyst, sport, color color commentator. They're they're really fun to, to listen to when you watch the games. They make the games pop and they make the games come alive. So I'm guessing you know they're going to be working a lot during this uh, NBA restart. But I feel like that they they can carry it and and be good and 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 really have us engaged. You know, watching the games. You know, even though there's no fans and everything, I think we'll be engaged regardless because of the fact that you know sports is, sports are back and. You know, we're just excited to see them play. It's going to be pretty much just an open, competitive, very competitive scrimmage because, um, you know, no fans. Um, but it's – I was talking – I said last episode um, how I feel, you know, like LeBron. You know, LeBron is not the one to take the last shot, but if he has to, he will. But he's more so of a, of a smart guy. I want to make the smart play, and if it doesn't go – uh, you know, if the shot is missed or it doesn't go the way I planned it or I made it, you know, I le- at least I made the smart play. Um, I was talking about how he's, you know, passing it to a guy like Avery Bradley and Avery Bradley hits a three and then Mike, Mike Brainy here and go bang, bang. And no fans, but, you know, maybe the fans at home are going, are cheering and we're going, we're going hard for them and everything. But in another, you know, like uh, in another like news break that, that broke yesterday, um, so today is uh, June 25th, which is a Wednesday, or excuse me, a Thursday. Um, uh, yesterday was the deadline for players to opt out if they didn't want to res- uh, come back in the, the res- uh, sorry, if they didn't want to come back to the resume season and everything. Uh, the, yeah, I already said Trevor Reeves and Davis Bertans. Avery Bradley was another big name that decided to opt out of the of the comeback. So now the Lakers lose a really solid defender. I mean, he 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 was a starter. He started all the games that he played when uh, if he wasn't hurt or anything. Um, he was the he was the the starting two guard uh, with LeBron at point. Uh, so now he's he's not coming back. But you know the deadline's passed now. So now you look at it and you see okay, they still have. Catavius Caldwell Pope. They still have Danny Green. They still have um, Alex Caruso, who who has been a budding star in uh, with with this Lakers team and everything. 
Um, they can always rely on Quinn Cook. Troy Daniels is a really good knockdown three-point shooter, so you still got Troy Daniels. You lose that defensive aspect, which, I mean, I think uh, Caldwell Pope and Danny Green give you um, really solid on-ball defense. Uh, but Avery Bradley was a really good, um, really solid defender, a really good shooter. I think uh, um, what he what he, uh, what he, he had different, an aspect of his game that was uh, separated him from a role player such as Caldwell Pope and Danny Green was the fact that he could, um, you know, play point guard or play uh, two guard and defend really well as well. But he, he, could, he could create for himself. And I think every Bradley, you know, you lose that aspect uh, of another guy who can create and everything. So every Bradley's not coming back for the Lakers. Uh, however, there's there's been ex, ex- uh, oh, I can't even speak. There's been um, some speculation that the former teammate of LeBron and a former champion and uh, J.R. Smith is the leading candidate to replace Avery Bradley for the Lakers, which I think would be a really big uh, get for the Lakers and a really huge signing for them. Avery, er, Avery Bradley. J.R. Smith, man, we all we all know about the blunder back in game one of the 2018 NBA Finals um, when when he uh yeah when he you know forgot the score and everything, but he is a proven uh a proven defensive player. He gets really good, solid defender, and so he's very streaky. But the fact that he you know is deadly at shooting and and you don't know uh if he will be hot or if he will be cold regardless you know he's always out, out there playing hard and playing tough and the he is a former six man of the year former like i said champion with the Cavs. uh the guy can ball and, and despite him being what 35 now uh, 34 35 um he's he's still a really solid uh, acquisition for a veteran team that needs um a knockdown shooter and a guy who can, um, who can you know alleviate pressure from um, AD and LeBron having to having to make shots or Danny Green and Caldwell Pope and Kuzma, um, you know the guy who the third guy who they really, you know would like to see them step up for them uh, to knock down shots. And J.R. Smith, if, if y'all don't remember, man, J.R. Smith, I think it, it, back in the the 2016 finals when they did win. I mean, his his on ball defense, his per- perimeter defense was was very solid. They had him covering Clay, um, covering Steph when needed to, um, and and he was you know he was in their grill like he was chasing them off screens. He was he was running through screens. He was he was fighting to 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 you know strap them, and he was really playing solid defense. And then giving uh giving that effort back on the offensive end, you know, knocking down shots, creating plays. Uh, was a really dynamic two-way player and really showed he that he is a, a solid two-way player um, uh, with his years in Cleveland. I mean, I think playing with LeBron really, um, and also, you know, maturing, you know, growing up and, and getting older, I think really uh, helped JR in, in the latter years of his career. You know, he became that two-way player and a really reliable um, guy where we all focused on, you know, him being, just a dunker and a, and a shooter and um, a, a guy who you know was going to make the flashy play, but he became a guy who, again, was 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 very 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 reliable in, in shooting and very reliable 
on the defensive end. And if you forgot, man, uh, game seven of that NBA Finals, the 2016 Finals, uh, I think the Cavs, it was, they were either tied or they were down by like two or whatever in going into the going into the, the, the third quarter. And it was either going into the third or going into the fourth. It was one of those. I'm pretty sure it was the fourth quarter, but I'm going to look it up right now. Game seven. Game seven of the NBA Finals. Um it was it was it was it was a solid performance from JR in in the aspect of he he scored like the first eight points or whatever for them because they because Kyrie and LeBron couldn't get anything going, um, Kevin Love couldn't get anything going, and JR I, I'm I'm I remember correctly uh, hit like the first eight points of the I think this was this this was going into the fourth quarter. Um, he hit the first like eight points or whatever, and that's when you know he was he carried him for a minute and it was going back and forth, and that's when LeBron and Kyrie finally you know got their rhythm back again and, and then started scoring and and you know then the, when the finals and the rest is history Cleveland, fifty uh, two year drought ends without a championship, but Jr was pivotal in that comeback and in that game in which he uh, alleviated pressure from Kyrie and LeBron and. Um, was knocking down shots and and really kept the Cavs in it until the end um, when, you know, Kyrie hit the game winner. LeBron made that crazy block and then made the free throw to push it up by four so, you know, they didn't have to worry about a three and everything from the Warriors. So, yeah, J.R. Smith uh, would be a very huge, huge signing for the Lakers. He's been continuously working. If you've been if – you, if you, you know, stay on social media – I follow uh, this really great NBA trainer, uh, really famous NBA trainer that you know has really getting some ground. Um, Chris Brickley, uh, out of out of New York, he's been training. Uh, uh, for, former Louisville Cardinal, he's been training. Um, you know, guys like James Harden, Kevin Durant. He, he's the one who, if you ever see on House of Highlights or Bleacher Report or whatever, um, that you know post or takes the videos of the Black Op runs. You know where all the the best players come into this facility and they play five on five or whatever. No, that that's him. That's Chris Brickley, and um, he uh he's been he's been posting videos and everything about him working out with Jarrah Smith, and he's been he's been advocating for Jarrah to get on a team. He's been talking about how Jarrah's been working hard. You know, he's been showing the the films and everything of Jarrah just shooting the ball. You know, getting um getting his his uh getting back into shape, getting back into NBA shape, um, just really staying ready when the opportunity presents itself. And again, uh, according to multiple reports, especially from ESPN, J.R. Smith is the leading candidate for uh, the Lakers in uh, replacing Avery Bradley. So that would be a really good, really good acquisition for them. I think J.R. Um, will provide, a, a, again, really solid defense, um, knockdown shooting, um, and not even knocked down, just the threat of the possibility that, you know, he can go crazy. I mean, he's one of the, I think he's tied, um, for like the, the most made threes in a game. So he, he can, he can put it up there. He can shoot. Uh, so JR to the Lakers is very huge. Um, yeah, I think, I think once this NBA restart happens, 
uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how everything uh, how everything you know pans out. Again, like I said, Jr. has been staying ready and staying in shape, um, but I think this this the playoff uh, the resume of, of the of the NBA season. We're gonna see you know all the players who have you know stayed in shape, and we're gonna see if these players you know have been taken. Uh, this time off because it's been a really long time without basketball. I mean, we again this actually I think just uh, either today or yesterday or something. Uh, no, I think it would have been today. Actually, today would have been uh, the NBA draft, um, and uh, we would have had the draft. We would have had um, yeah, the NBA draft would have been today. Uh, we would have already had the lottery thing. We would have seen the. Obviously, we would have seen the playoffs, and we would have had we would have been crowned a champion. Um, we would have had the Chicago uh, the Chicago invites for the upcoming um, NBA prospects and everything. Would have you know had them do the five on five and everything. We would have had basketball. The WNBA would have been playing right now. Like, we would have had sports. It's been a long time without basketball, and like. Uh, like uh, as I said, like I said, I'm an athlete. I'm a basketball player. Basketball is a year-round thing. You know, it's it's not just the those those first, um, you know, four, five, six, seven months of basketball. Eight months of basketball. Um, um, average average is about six months. Not it's not really six months of basketball. It's it's really, you know, a whole like year process. Especially um, if you're like you know high schoolers and stuff like that. We have, you know, the regular season. Um, then after that, you have uh, AAU travel ball. After AAU, um, you know, you're you're getting you're you're working out off season pretty much, and then school starts and everything. Not only that, same thing for college players. You know, college players, as soon as they graduate uh, from high school and get right into college, uh, freshmen, uh, specifically. Um, they're already working out. They already got their workout routines. Um, co- the coaches have already set up a uh, regimen and everything. Then they have, you know, uh, basically uh, ex- exposition or exhibition games. Um, so wherever country or wherever city that, that they go to or whatever state or whatever, um, they they basketball is a year-round thing. And every sport really is a, is a year-round thing. Every, every sport is not just um, – when you know the season starts, it's always after. It's always you know what happens after. What happens, uh, you know, when there are no games upcoming or anything like that. There's no training camps and everything, and we're about to see this upcoming you know restart of the NBA draft or um, continuation of the of the NBA season. Excuse me. Uh, we're gonna see you know which players have really been keeping in shape and putting in the work and everything. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's why Adam Silver. You know, said, "Oh, we're gonna wait till July first, because from here to, to to July first, right now, it's, again, it's a month and about six days. So, you know, from from here to now, I mean, a player could could get their cardio and their stamina up and their basketball shape up as of right now, and 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 who knows? We'll see. I mean, it's already laid out. The proposal's there. The 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 continu- continuation is there. Basketball is gonna come back." There's a there's a start date and everything. So right now, players should be you know getting their bodies right, getting their um, their their skill right. Um, I'm sure 
I, th- I remember there's there's a story earlier um, uh, that that LeBron was was inviting his his teammates to come out to to work out with him and and go over stuff with him and everything like that because he he expected you know the season to come back and even if he didn't um, at least you know they were getting in each other's heads and 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 working together and and working out together and and getting um, getting more um, chemistry and everything for if the season didn't come back they would have next season and they would know um each other better and and they would go for the they would be ready to go for another championship run so but we don't have that issue now basketball is coming back i'm excited i'm sure you guys are all excited um despite you know what's going on in the country um and the world uh with this pandemic and um here at home with you know a revolution and everything happening um uh, it, it'll be it'll be great to have some sports back and and something to to again unite us all and unify us and everything. Um, but I mentioned earlier again, you know, the NBA draft would have been tonight. Uh, I would have been very excited to watch that. I love watching the NBA draft. I enjoy seeing, um, you know, the players get drafted and and teams, you know, who 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 they select and and if. You know, thinking like, oh, can this person really turn out to be the person that we expect them to be? You know, me personally, I always look at players get drafted, and I'm just like, oh, yep, future all star, future all star, future all star. Maybe he might be an all star. Like, I always feel like every single person that gets drafted in the NBA draft uh, is potentially an all star. Like, I, I, I sometimes will think that like that whole draft class in the first round could be an all star. Like. There's never been an, an an NBA draft in which, well, obviously, um, where you know the first thirty people, everybody in the first round became an All Star. Like that's never happened in NBA history. But uh, I always get that because you know, for me, I've been I've been, I think I've I started watching the draft uh, back when back in two thousand seven because that's when I started watching college basketball uh, when Kevin Durant was in college and um, Ohio State had. That Greg Oden and and Mike Conley duo, which was deadly, ended up losing to Florida, uh, but they were a solid team. And and I remember uh, just watching that and just like seeing like uh, Greg Oden go first. I was like, oh yeah, Greg Oden is gonna be an All Star. Uh, Kevin Durant. I remember, I remember that being an argument. Greg Oden and Kevin Durant. Uh, who should go first? Kevin Durant was the was the Player of the Year. Greg Oden was uh, is apparently this. Um, ridiculous center who who might revolutionize the game of centers and has great footwork as a seven footer has a soft touch blah 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 this and that um, kid kid he can work on his defense blah 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 but you know he's seven foot he can do this that and X Y Z on the offensive side of the ball and there was all this talk like who's Portland gonna pick who's Portland gonna go with who's gonna go one and two and we all know ended up being Greg Oden going first and he ended up getting himself out the league due to injuries and stuff. And then Kevin Durant, who I still, I, I mean, I still think Kevin Durant was the first pick of that draft. Like, I, I don't even, that's how much, like, I don't even really think about Greg Oden um, in a sense. Like, no disrespect, Greg Oden was a great high school player and a great college player um, and definitely was deserving of the number one pick. Um, but him not being in the league and, you know, Kevin Durant, you still got players from that 07 draft that are still, you know, playing and everything. Um I still think Kevin Durant went first. Like every time I see KD play, I'd be thinking like, "Oh, he was a first round. He was the first pick." 
Like he, he was a number one overall pick. Um, and then when I think about like the number one overall picks from that draft, which was the first draft I started watching to drafts now, I'd be thinking, like, oh, yeah, Kevin Durant was the first pick in that draft. Next, Derrick Rose. Next, Blake Griffin. Next, John Wall. Next, uh, Kyrie Irving. Next, Anthony Davis. After that was Anthony Bennett. Andrew Wiggins. See, I'm, this is off the top of my head, by the way. I'm not even looking at anything. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, 14. Cat, 15. Um, ben Simmons, 16. Markel Fultz, 17. 18 was DeAndre Ayton. Shout out San Diego. 19 uh, was this past year. Oh, my gosh. This is the past draft, and I can't even get 19. Um, 2019. Now, I, I wish I had a co-host sometimes because that would be – it would be helpful for me about I gotta talk as much, but uh, they could come in with little tidbits. But 2019, this just this, this draft just passed. Who who was the first pick, y'all? Y'all y'all gotta remind me. Oh no, nobody in the audience go tell me. Okay. Anyway, um, 2019 draft. Uh, it was uh, Zion. Look, I'm retarded. Oh, I'm excuse me. I am. Um, I'm terrible. Uh, Zion Williamson. The number one overall pick, uh, back in time, or in this past season, Zion. How did I forget Zion? He 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 had the the most. He was the most, uh, hyped player to come out of into the draft since LeBron James, and he lived ended up living up to it by the way too. And he's still gonna show us. I mean, if he can help lead the Pelicans to the playoffs, so we're about to see that uh, how that pans out. But um. But yeah, you think about all these all these players that went uh, first in the draft. I still think I'd be thinking Kevin Durant went first in the '07 draft, even though he didn't. But again, the draft would have been tonight, I think, because uh, the first pick was going to the Warriors. Was it? It was the the Warriors or um, NBA draft order. It was well. There was no lottery, but we didn't have a lottery. But more than likely, it would have been Cleveland and or the Warriors for top two because they had the highest percentage of getting it. Um, which is always funny. You always when you when you watch the lottery, the analysts, you know, they always say, "Oh well, uh, you know, say like for for instance, the Warriors and the Cavs had the worst record, so you're like, oh well, the the Warriors and Cavs have, you know, a 25 percent chance of getting the first pick or whatever. The Cavs have like a 19 percent chance or whatever. However, they still have a 75 percent chance of of not getting it. They still have a an 81 percent chance of not getting it. I'm just like, well, what does that mean? Like, like I always hate when when they when 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 analysts go against the odds and always like add in like the other percentage like like yeah okay the Warriors they had they had a twenty five percent chance of getting the first pick in the draft but they have a seventy five percent chance of not getting it which okay so if they have a seventy five percent chance and the Cleveland Cavaliers who have a ninety percent chance of getting it but have an eighty one percent chance of not getting it the teams under them still have a higher percentage of not getting it. Like the next team, say they have a 10% chance of getting the first round pick. Well, they have a 90% chance of not getting it. So they're, they're, they're more likely not to get it than the top two teams that potentially can get it. 
I'd rather have 25% chance than a 0.5% chance, which is like the 14th pick in the draft. Um, or I'd rather have it than, than, yeah, the fourth pick in the draft, which would be like in like a, a 10 or a, like 11, 10 or, or 90% chance of getting it. Like that's, I'll take those odds. Like give me 70, give me a 75% chance of not getting it against a 90% chance or a 95% chance of not getting it. I'd rather have those odds. Um, but the Warriors and their Cavs would have been the first pick in the draft, would have had the first pick in the draft. I think that it would have been, I think regardless if it was Golden State or Cleveland, actually no, I think if it was Cleveland, they most likely would have went with Anthony Edwards um, because they, 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 they hired the Cleveland Cavaliers got What's his name? The uh, Jim Beheim from Michigan, um, the former Michigan head coach uh, that won, ended up winning an, uh, a national championship, or when it, when it ended up going to the national championship that one year with with Mo Wagner uh, from the from the Wizards. But uh, they uh, they uh, yeah the keep the the Cavs ended up hiring him for their head coaching job. He towards the latter end of the season ends up. Parts are mutually parting ways with the with the Cavs and everything, but his philosophy was you know he wanted to have a two guard backcourt kind of like college or whatever, and then you know have bigs and everything and and some uh, some decent wing players or whatever. But he wanted to have a two guard backcourt, which is why they drafted Colin Sexton or uh, not Colin Sexton Darius Garland to to pair him with Colin Sexton, and they're both. I think Darius Garland is six one and Kyle Sexton is six two, and I mean, I know it's worked for a backcourt like Dame um, and and CJ. It's worked for, um, I, I mean, yeah, you can, uh, there's no really other teams that have have not really had it work for like that. But it's worked for Dame and CJ. I guess uh, you could say like any point guard Dwayne Wade had. Um, it potentially worked because Dwayne Wade was six four, so his his point guard was either six was either shorter than him. So Jason Williams um, was six two, six one. So they were a short backcourt, but because it was Dwayne Wade and behind him was Anthony Walker, um, uh, they they were a solid team. And of course they had Shaq at the center, but the the Cavaliers were looking to do a whole like guard lineup or like a like a three guard lineup. Um, whether it be, had been Colin Porter, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Kevin Porter, who I like, um, and Dylan Windler, who they drafted, um, a, an NCAA like darling who ended up um, shooting up draft boards, but they had him, all those four, um, Chetty Osman, they had uh, uh, um, Clarkson for a minute, Jordan Clarkson for a minute, but they traded him to Utah. Um, he's and he's a uh, been a solid player for them, but I don't think the the whole guard thing would have worked. Um, but if Cleveland had the first pick, I don't think that they would have went with uh, center because they got Andre, Andre Drummond, and then they have Kevin Love, which I don't think they're going to get rid of anytime soon. So they had those two in, in the front court. Teddy Osman was was your three. If you were planning on starting those two. Colin Sexton and Darius Garland um, or trading Colin Sexton or, or Kevin Porter or somebody 
and then putting Kevin Porter or whoever in that two guard spot with Garland, then I'm guessing uh, they would have drafted Anthony Edwards, who I think should have been the first pick, regardless of whoever uh, was had the selection. He was just dominant at Georgia, and um, again to be a to be a a, rook, a freshman coming in and, and dominating in the SEC um, and putting up the numbers he did against all opponents, um, even Michigan State in the Maui tournament, uh, Maui Jim Maui Invitational early on in the season. He was just a beast. He averaged 19 on the season and, and was, was just killing it for Georgia. Pretty much did everything for them as a freshman. So he was deserving of being the, the, the number one pick. Um, I think James Weissman, uh, who I think was going to be a really good center in the NBA, He's long, athletic, um, can can stretch the floor a little bit. He can shoot the mid-range. Um, and is just dominant. He's a big body um, and is very dominant in the post. Has really good footwork. Um, the, the former Memphis center um, who who ended up leaving Memphis due to, you know, some, some NCAA issues and stuff, violations and all that. But I think he would have been a good pick. I think he would have been a good pick for the Warriors. I think the Warriors would have been smart if they selected him. And it would have, I think it would have gave them a new dimension of like center because he's not a liability offensively. Um, he would have just been out there defensively, getting rebounds, blocking shots, um, or he would have learned to, you know, be that defensive center because um, he's again he's really good offensively and and he he has the tools to be a really good defensive center. I think they would have developed him and he would have been really solid for them. Um, and then you throw in the fact that uh, he can. Uh, give you offensive production. I think he would have been a really good uh, center or a really good selection for them. Uh, they probably would have went with Anthony Edwards too because he's a really good player. Um, and then who knows? It could have been a surprise. Obi Toppin from uh, Dayton was outstanding this season. He's a six nine athletic freak who um, can who can you know stretch the floor, who can jump out the gym. Um, can guard multiple uh, positions. He he he's pretty much the the what the Warriors have revolutionized is having a player who can do all that um, and still give you offensive production and everything. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they selected Obi Toppin. Um, you know, just try to be like a like a like a uh, a safe bet for like if if they trade away Draymond or something like that or or. Um, Draymond, you know, doesn't give out the production that he had been doing in his earlier years. Um, so Obi Toppin would have been a good selection for the Warriors. Um, looking at the draft order, because they they have they have uh, a simulated what possibly would have been go to state, uh, which who had the highest uh, percentage of getting the first pick uh, would have went first. Then Cleveland, Minnesota, then Atlanta, Detroit, New York, Chicago, Charlotte. Washington, Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento, New Orleans, and then Portland. That would have been 1 through 14 uh, in the draft. The hot take, obviously, uh, which everybody was talking about, and it's finally come to fruition. I think it's been a long time coming, and I'm actually pretty excited. That's why I wish the, the draft was tonight, or had been tonight. But we'll see it in, what, October, December, or some or, uh November, I forgot when they announced it, but um, LaMelo Ball, the brother of Lonzo, who was a highly touted uh, player coming out of UCLA and, and coming out of high school, 
Um, his the jury slot on him. I think he had a really good. Is having a really good season with the Pelicans, and he really revitalized his career. And in just in just two seasons in the NBA, he already changed his shot, his little sidewinding shot, to a decent looking jumper. Now and he's been knocking them down. He needs to work on his free throws, but at six six, um, who can really defend? He's a really good defender, a really great passer, um, and uh, just a really a decent playmaker. Um, got bigger um, and again like I said perfected that that jumper of his um, he's he's gotten a lot better so the jury's still out on him we'll see if he can turn into the player that people expected him to be um, you got um, LaMelo Ball finally you know his, his journey from leaving Chino Hills to going overseas uh, to playing in the now um, the now what evaporated uh, junior basketball league that was um, commissioned and, and, and funded by his dad, LeVar Ball, um, to playing in Canada. I mean, not Canada, to playing in Australia. Uh, it's been years. I feel like LaMelo Ball has been the talk of basketball, um, um, grassroots basketball, like high school and everything and all that. Um, since, you know, Chino Hills and everything, uh, since the one year he played at Chino Hills uh, by himself, um, he's been the talk of just basketball for a while now. Now he's finally, you know, of age and is able to register for the draft. And this would have been his draft, or he's going to be drafted and everything. But um, he's finally going to be drafted. Um, he's going to be a top five pick. I, I think there's no question. Um, Minnesota could use a point guard for sure. Um the, I think the I think a lot of people what the issue is with Lamelo is you know they, they they saw him play in Australia and he was balling out in Australia he was killing it he was he showed the aspect that he could be a point guard not just you know a guy who could dribble uh, dribble really well and and shoot and everything but he showed that he can create plays and um, he can handle you know pressure from from bigger and stronger guards and everything like that so he's a complete player when it comes to you know skills and everything um, but. You know, can he re- recreate that, you know, in the league? Can he be a solid point guard um, and, if need be, a solid two guard um, and, you know, play make like he did uh, in Australia in high school and, you know, all the years he's been playing basketball? Uh, can he do all that is, is the question. Can he recreate – basically, can, can he live up to the hype is what the issue is with LaMelo or the questions are with LaMelo. There's no question with this with this draft class and everything. He's one of the most skilled players in this draft, and it definitely will be a top five pick, and if not a lottery pick. Um, but he definitely, uh, I think Minnesota could use him. Uh, I think the Warriors don't need him because of the fact that I think Lamelo is a guy who needs the ball in his hands and is not a guy who you know operates off the ball. So if a team could utilize him like the Hawks did with Trey Young. Um and we saw how Trey Young blossomed in this second in his second season. Um LaMelo needs to go to a team in in which that will allow him to I guess play his game but also uh make sure that he can um run their system and you know get get other players involved. So like I said the order the top five order was the Warriors Cleveland Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. I think he would have went to Detroit. I think 
the Hawks would have looked at getting a looking at getting a center. I think if James Wiseman fell to them, they would have got him. Um, they need a lot of help in in I guess aspects of like defense. They need more defense, and they have they have the offense. Cam Reddish is is gonna blossom into an offensive star. I I, I believe so. Um, they already have Kevin Herter as a shooter. Um, they got Jeff Teague to spell Trey Young um, back. You know, Jeff Teague was a former All-Star with the Hawks. Um, pretty much had his whole career, the better years of his career with with Atlanta. Um, he's back there now, and I think him backing up Trey Young will be very good for them, um, for them to develop um, as a, as a really solid contender in the East. Um, they have a slew of like just wing players and and offensive players. I don't think they they would have needed to add another player in Anthony Edwards or Obi Toppin. I think is just a, is just another John Collins really because they don't need him. Uh, and then now I think about it, they drafted or they traded for Clint Capella, so they don't really need a center. I think they would have definitely added another um, like. Another perimeter player, but somebody who uh, would have had to wait for a while to come back. I don't think they really needed to draft anybody because they they addressed their needs um, this past draft and everything. DeAndre Hunter is a really good knockdown shooter and a really solid defender, so you don't really need him. Cam Reddish, I think, is going to blossom to a solid two-guard, three-guard. And then you have Kevin Herter, who's another knockdown shooter, so the the Hawks would have been fine. Um they probably would have, yeah, just drafted somebody and just waited, um, and, and for any, for him to to uh, to like mature and grow up and everything. So, um, again, this is all speculation of the order. Um, these are all the order of, um, of not only the records but of you know the percentage of of what uh, the uh, the percentage of if they got this draft pick. Um, so the Warriors have a twenty-five percent chance of being the number one team. So that's why they're the be the number one, getting the number one pick. So that's why they're the number one pick in the uh, the draft order. Um, but we will see um, the draft again. I believe is in October, um, October or uh, November. So we will see again. I think depending on whoever, how how this NBA season ends up unfolding, and whoever. You know, wins and loses and stuff like that. We'll see how the order goes, um, and we'll see. Um, we will see how. Yeah, we'll just see how everything plays out. I think it would be good. Um, just to end the show with, oh, I've been talking for a minute. Like I said, I think I need a co-host. Um, nah, man, I'm 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 J Cole. I can do it. I'm by myself. I don't need no co-signing. Um, no features. No nothing. Jk Jk Jk. Uh, anyway, uh, let me for just a couple of things, uh, or just one last thing actually. <clears throat> Key July dates. So July pretty much is the renaissance. We are getting all sports back and everything like that. Um, just to end the show with, we will have on July eighth. MLS is back. The tournament begins. We will have Major League Soccer. Uh, if you're a, a soccer head and you like American soccer, um, which I don't know why you would, I don't really watch it. I don't. I don't really care for it. Um, 
I'm gonna have to though if I ever want to, you know, be an analyst. I'm gonna have to start getting into it, looking into it more. But it starts back on July 8th, July 10th, NHL training camps open. So you already know when 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 training camps start. That's when you know like you know, the season's but it's coming around the corner. So training camp for that. Um, UFC 251. Uh, so UFC is, has has continued to been has continuing or has stayed, you know, active and everything since the pandemic and everything. Uh, there's only two people boxing in the arena. They obviously they gotta follow protocols and stuff, but there have been no fans. They've been uh, showing them on ESPN and stuff, but yeah, UFC is still here. July 23rd and 24th, the MLB, like I said last episode, is coming back. It will be a 60 game season. Uh, players have to report uh, to their training camps uh, by July 1st, and Obviously, you have to follow health protocols and safety protocols, but by July 23rd to 24th, that is the opening day of the MLB. Um, then we have the NWSL Challenge Cup. I'm guessing that's soccer. Um, that's July 26th. July 30th, NBA season restarts. So July 30th, that is when we will get LeBron James and Giannis and and and. Whoever else, because Steph ain't playing and KD ain't playing. Uh, so we will get back the NBA uh, late July. WNBA season starts. Um, man, shout out to Kelsey Plum. I'm sorry that, you know, she, she ended up tearing uh, her ACL or suffering an ACL injury. Um, so she's not going to be playing for this for the uh, upcoming season for the Aces this year. Um, it's a good thing that they, that they drafted guards and have guards and stuff um, to, to spell Kelsey. Um, or to come in and um, um, uh, replace, not replace, but but really uh, give that production um, in uh, for Kelsey as she's you know healing up and everything. Um, I've met Kelsey and played against her one on, or played against her in pickup games and stuff. She's really a really good player um, playing against you know balling out against dudes and stuff. Uh, so she's she's a, she's a beast. Um, so I hope she gets better. Uh, Wishing for praying for a, a faster recovery, um, but the WNBA season starts in late July, and then in late July we have the NFL training camps open. So OTAs, uh, mandatory training camps, all that stuff coming back finally. Um, but yeah, like I said, July it's the Renaissance. We're gonna have sports, and sports is coming back, and I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm sure you guys are all excited. Uh, can't wait for it. So, uh, again, like I said, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I'm, again, subscribe, share, like. This is on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm working on putting them on Spotify. But I thank you all for listening and, and tuning in. This has been KJ Houston with KJ's Coma. <laughs> okay, I got to stop. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>